from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. National news for week commencing March 4, 2018 in our 23rd year of non-stop news. In this week's news, we cover board comment by Phil VK2ASD, VK3PC funeral details, 2018 WIA Radio and Electronics Convention and AGM, callbacks report, Spratly Islands, Where is Earhart, Hina Matsuri and Pixat, Ross Hull Contest for 2018, Space Weather Report, VK2, 3 and 4 events, YLs around the world, RAOTC broadcast, Drone Fest and Summit to Summit. And we finish with spies and clandestine radios in Scotland. These stories and more in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia 2018 and for week of March 4th. And now, across to Phil, VK2ASD. Hello, this is Phil Waite, VK2ASD for the WIA. Like all previous years, the WIA Manda Stand at the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club Field Day, held again this year at Wyong Racecourse. It was certainly good to meet so many old friends, but alas, we're all getting older by the year. Although I was mainly confined to the WIA stand, I'm told that the presentations were of a very high quality. WIA Director Brian Clark, VK2GCE, was thrilled at the number of people attending his lecture entitled The Crystal Set Explored, and no doubt with Brian very deeply explored. The other lectures on topics were as wide-ranging as digital modes, vintage AM equipment and controlling quadcopters. It may be my imagination, but I did think the numbers were down a bit this year, but maybe that was because the venue has recently been expanded and much of the activity was in a separate building. However, it was disappointing not to see any of the major equipment vendors, such as ICOM and Yesu. Hopefully, they will reconsider their position for next year's field day. Being tied to the WIA stand, I didn't have a chance to spend any money something for which my wife is both grateful and surprised. My congratulations go to the organisers of the Wyong Field Day for another very successful year, and, no doubt, we'll be back next year. Now, for a very sad note. The passing of Jim Linton, VK3PC, comes as a very great shock to me. Jim was a very great help during my time as president, and on many occasions I asked and received his sound advice both as a friend and as an associate. It was Jim that provided guidance during the difficult period in the WIA towards the end of 2016 and early 2017. Jim performed his role of WIA secretary with expertise and absolute devotion to amateur radio all during a period in his life when things must have been very difficult due to his previous medical condition. A G.A. Taylor medalist, one of Amateur Radio's greatest champions and one of its indelible characters, Jim will be remembered by everyone who knew him for a very long time to come. Vale, Jim Linton, VK3PC. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD for the WIA.
Jim Linton, VK3PC, Silent Key, Funeral Details. The funeral service to remember the life of Mr James Jim Keith Linton, VK3PC, SK, will be held at the Springvale Botanical Cemetery, Boyd Chapel, 600 Princes Highway, Springvale, Victoria, on Monday the 5th of March at 1pm. Following the service, a burial will take place within the cemetery grounds where Jim will be laid to rest. Family and friends are then invited to a celebration of Jim's life to be held at 57 Cafe Bar Restaurant, located at Pinewood Shopping Centre, 57 Centreway, Mount Waverley. 2018 WIA Radio and Electronics Convention and AGM. A reminder that registrations are now open and they've been flooding in. Did you know that the 2018 WIA Radio and Electronics Convention and AGM is being held at the SeaWorld Resort on Queensland's Gold Coast? The venue is located in the heart of the Gold Coast, with easy access from the airport and to a wide range of hotel accommodation and prices, also with lots of parking nearby. For those arriving at the Gold Coast on Friday evening, the traditional informal dinner and get-together is being held at the Fisherman's Wharf Tavern, and the meal will be of your choice and budget. On Saturday morning from 9, the WIA AGM and Open Forum will take place in SeaWorld's Conference Centre. This will be followed by the eye-opening afternoon program themed Beyond 2020. This program will include guest speakers presenting on some cutting-edge technologies, as well as a range of strategy workshops providing members with the opportunity to share their views and ideas for shaping the future of the WIA Beyond 2020. A commemorative activity to launch the armistice will also be announced by the WIA. Saturday evening is the WIA annual dinner being held at SeaWorld's Shoreline Restaurant. Guest speaker will be Jeff Johnson, VK4XJJ, as he talks about his walk across Australia with Amateur Radio. Sunday morning there's a broad range of activities, a champagne and breakfast hot air balloon ride, the Queensland Telecommunications Museum, Surf Lifesaving Command Centre, plus a variety of demonstrations and displays of amateur radio equipment, including a microwave shootout. And last but not least, for those not travelling back to their home QTH on Sunday afternoon, you're invited to a free barbecue dinner courtesy of the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society. Further information and the full weekend program with online registration forms is now available on the WIA website and via the link in the text edition of this broadcast. And now it's across to Gordon, VKE4VP. This is Gordon, VK4VP, with an update on the news callback reporting. As you would have heard, myself and Peter, VK4NBL, are collating the weekly callback figures after the WIA news broadcasts each week. I have sent out the first report a couple of days ago and I ask all of the people that are submitting the numbers to carefully go through the report and let me know if there are any errors or omissions. It has been quite a task to match the emails with report entries so there could be mistakes. There are still a couple of emails coming into the old National News email address so just a reminder to change those to callbacks at wia.org.au in due course. Well, until next time, this is Gordon, VK4VP. And thank you very much, Gordon. International news, with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate AR Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, Local News Services, VK2, VK3, VK6 and VK7, and the WW sources, the worldwide sources, of the WIA. 
Now, firstly, the Spratly Islands Day Expedition. An international amateur radio team has plans to be on the air in early March from Layang Layang Island, also known as Swallow Reef. Layang Layang is administered by Malaysia, so the team will be using Malaysian callsign 9M0W and working 160 to 6 metres using CW, SSB and digital modes. The Spratly Island group is located in the South China Sea and is disputed territory, with six different Asian nations claiming them. The Spratleys are currently number 56 on the DXCC Most Wanted list. Other March DX activity in the Pacific region includes callsign 3D2EU from Rotuma Island, which is 650 kilometres north of Fiji, on 160 to 10 metres, and also uh, OE3GEA from French Polynesia on 30 to 10 metre bands. Now the 81st anniversary of the Earhart disappearance. The Baker Island Expedition KH-1, KH-7Z, is marking the anniversary of Amelia Earhart's final flight in 1937, when she disappeared without trace. The group is also honouring the students from Hawaii who were living on the island at the time and had built an airstrip in preparation for Earhart and Noonan's arrival. After her plane failed to land as scheduled, a large search and rescue mission was undertaken. Many reports detailed transmissions assumed to be from Earhart that were heard over the following few days. One version of events even includes a report of an amateur radio operator in Melbourne hearing a transmission that included Amelia's callsign, KHAQQ. Hina Matsura, the Doll Festival. Wales in Japan yesterday took part in the 900-year-old Hina Matsuri Festival. The festival is known as the Doll Festival and is for wishing good health and happiness to girls. The festival is held annually on the 3rd of March, that is 3-3, which is also the sign-off used by Wales. The 3-3 salutation was officially adopted by Young Ladies Radio League in 1940 and is said to mean love, sealed with friendship and mutual respect between one YL and another YL. Now, PICSAT is a nano-satellite with a mission to observe the transit of exoplanet Beta Pictoris B in front of Beta Pictoris. Since launching in January 2018, the commissioning has gone well, and the team is learning how to operate the satellite. When not in science mode, the satellite is a transponder and will be available to radio amateurs. The project's encouraging radio amateurs to participate by receiving and relaying data, which will help accomplish the mission's science goals. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ham Radio Operational News is a contact sport. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. The Ross Hole Contest for 2018 results have been released. First little history on the contest. It was established in 1950 to honour the memory of the late Ross A. Hull in his pioneering achievements in the study of tropospheric propagation and the development of new equipment techniques for the higher bands. The contest runs for the whole of January and entrants may operate on every contest day but the final score is based on the seven best days nominated by the entrant. For amateurs with limited operating time, there is also a best two days section. For many entrants, the two days of the summer VHF UHF field day will probably turn out to be the two best days in the month. Each contact scores one point for each 100 kilometres of distance worked. This score is then multiplied by the band multiplier. The total score is the sum of the scores on all bands. The contest operates on six metres and above and now the announcement you have all been waiting for. 
This year, the winner of the analog section is again Ted Thrift, VK2ARA, and the digital winner is again Rex Moncourt, VK7MO. Congratulations to them and to all other entrants, while it's weather. For those who watch the sun and space events and pray to the propagation gods, this last week was very exciting on a couple of fronts. The first was the celebration of the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, SOHO, celebrated 22 years of observing the sun, marking one complete solar magnetic cycle in the life of our star. SOHO is a joint project between NASA and the ESA, and its mission is to study the internal structure of the sun, its extensive outer atmosphere, and the origin of the solar wind. The activity cycle in the life of the sun is based on an increase and decrease of sunspots, We've been watching this activity for about 250 years, but Zoho has taken that observing to a whole new level. Zoho's 22 years of observation has turbocharged our space weather forecasting ability. Space weather is heavily influenced by solar activity, mostly in the form of coronal mass ejections, CMEs. Zoho has observed well over 20,000 of these CMEs. Space weather affects key aspects of our modern technological world, and many amateur radio operators watch these events with interest as they provide many of the novel communications events we all crave. The other interesting space event that was reported last week was described as an insane star eruption. Not the Sun, but our closest star neighbour, Promexus Centauri. According to new research, in March of last year, it erupted into an absolute beast of a stellar flare, ten times brighter than the flares produced by our own Sun, even though it is only one-eighth of the mass. In November last year, Researchers from the Institute of Astrophysics of Andalusia, IAA in Spain, announced they detected a glow coming from Promexa Centauri. However, on reanalysis of the data by researchers led by Carnegie's Meredith McGregor, have come up with a very different interpretation. It came down to not averaging the data, and this presented a very significant 1,000 times spike in the star's emission. Marvelous what a difference in average or decimal place can make to the results. Media Watch. An article appeared in last week's Netflix show, Stranger Things, about students in the New Jersey Institute of Technology, NJIT, giving the century-old technology a new voice in this social media world. The program was all about ham radio making a comeback after it proved to be the last line of defence when communication systems failed. During and after the hurricane in Puerto Rico, ham radio was often the only way to communicate with emergency first responders. It doesn't need internet access or cell phone towers to work, and the signal can travel around the world. When they had the major hurricane season that knocked out many of the communications systems and the power on the island, amateur radio was the primary form of communication back to the United States, said Nathaniel Frizzle, an assistant research professor and founder of HAM SCI, a group formed to join HAMs and scientists. NJIT held a conference recently to review data collected by ham radio operators during the solar eclipse. The purpose is to find out how part of the atmosphere that carries radio signals was affected. Frissel said the conference joins ham radio operators and professional scientists, and we're very interested in studying the electrically charged portion of the upper atmosphere known as the ionosphere. The scientists at NJIT say they are very pleased working with ham radio operators. They have their own equipment, they're all over the world, and they're very enthusiastic. They're using an old technology for the modern-day theory of crowdsourcing to help science. VK Special Interest Event News VK2 ARNSW advises that the 2018 upgrade course is delayed by one week. It will now commence on Monday evening the 12th of March. 
the annual Yuranga Radio Convention will be held, as usual, over Easter at the New South Wales North Coast village of Yuranga. The Oxy Region ARC advised that this year's field day on the long weekend in June, the 9th and the 10th, is being held at the Wild Chub High School. The usual venue is unavailable due to renovations. D-Star Tech Day NVK3. Well, it's time to do it again, and there is another D-Star Tech Day like we did in November last year, which I think was a good day had by all. And I think a few is ended up a little lighter in the pocket a few weeks later, after seeing Wayne's demo on his blue stack and being able to use it with Bluetooth on the phone. Anyway, to get the year started, we are going to do it again at the club rooms of the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club in Morwell. So if you are able to come down for the day and maybe show the group what you've been playing with, or like some help in getting things work, or help programming radios, between us we can all help. It will be held on the 24th of March at 10am in the Eastern Zone Amateur Radio Club. The Youth Room, 39-49, to 49, Well Street, Morwell, Victoria. For more details, take a look at the email edition of this broadcast. I'm Felix VK for FUQ in England for the WIA National News. Thanks, Felix. The Clareview Gathering. This is an annual event where radio amateurs meet at a spot on the coast between Rockhampton and Mackay to relax, talk radio, re-establish acquaintances and participate in the world-renowned Saturday Night Mega Auction. There might even be some fox hunting, and we're told there will definitely be raffles. The gathering is one of the main revenue raisers for the Rockhampton and District Amateur Radio Club and Mackay Amateur Radio Association. It's on from Friday afternoon, May 4th, through to Monday morning, May 7th. Those keen to chill out completely in one of the most relaxing and laid-back venues in the cosmos can arrive earlier and stay later if they choose. Check out the Mackay ARS website link on the text edition of this broadcast for more details. VK Special Interest Group News, Wyson. One of the justifications we use to keep ever more valuable radio spectrum is the provision of services to the community when needed. All amateurs take advantage of this, but how many play a role in the provision of those services when an opportunity arises? Around Australia, there are many Wyson groups who undertake many roles from search and rescue, safety communications, community event communications, JOTA, JOTI, and much more. Many of these organisations are finding it difficult to adequately staff operations, due primarily to an ageing and declining active membership. There are relatively few younger people making a contribution. By younger, this means under 60. So, if the WIA is to continue to use community contribution as a justification for all amateurs to keep our valuable spectrum, we need more people to get involved and enjoy using their mobile and portable radios for the community good. It's usually enjoyable and has a great social component, on top of being greatly appreciated by the served organisations. It's not necessary to be mobile or portable equipped, or even be licensed. Groups have equipment to use, and you'll be paired with an experienced operator until you find your feet. Why not give it a try? Take a look on the WIA website for the Wyson Clubs in each state and give them a call. I'm Col, VK3LED, for WIA National News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Special interest groups, YLs around the world. International Women's Day activity. The Deutsche Amateur Radio Club YL Group and Sophie F4DHQ are organising an international YL activity on International Women's Day on Thursday, March 8, 2018 
from 1800 until 2200 UTC on 20 metres, 40 metres and 80 metres in SSB and CW. The objective of the contest is to make as many contacts with YLs as possible. Ham radio, YLs and universities. Universities are a great place to foster interest in amateur radio, particularly amongst YLs. Here in Australia, the James Cook University Amateur Radio Club, started in 2013, has now morphed into a combined radio, electronics, robotics club, with many members also being members of the JCU UAV Club. The club has quite a few active female members doing all kinds of exciting stuff. In the US, Ruth Willett, KM4LAO, knew she wanted to continue her ham radio activities when she started at Kettering University. It's such a special hobby because there's so many people that want to get to know you and want to help you learn and grow, she says. This hobby supplements very well what I'm doing at Kettering because it has application in a lot of different subjects. I love seeing the practical application of electronics, solar weather and the way radio signals propagate around the globe. It's fascinating. YL Radio Pioneers A few weeks ago, WIA News brought you the story of Mrs Mack, the first female member of the Wireless Institute of Australia. Today we introduce Miss Kathleen Parkin of San Rafael, California, whose story featured in The Electrical Experimenter of October 1916. The article read in part, At 15 years of age, Miss Parkin is an expert radio operator and mechanician, and one of the youngest fully qualified ladies we have ever had the pleasure of reporting. Her call is 6SO, and Miss Parkin says she will be pleased to communicate with any amateur within range. She writes, I think wireless telegraphy is a most fascinating study, and one which could very easily be taken up by girls, as it's a great deal more interesting than the telephone and telegraph work in which so many girls are now employed. It seems to me that everyone should at least know the code, as cases might arise of a ship in distress where the operators might be incapacitated and a knowledge of the code might be the means to save the ship and the lives of the passengers. But the interest in wireless does not end in the knowledge of the code. You can gradually learn to make all your instruments as I have done with my quarter kilowatt set. More detail about each of these stories is available via the links in the text version of this broadcast. I'm Kimberly Olson, VK2KMI, for the WIA National News. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6CSW, reminding you that the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's March Bulletin goes to air tomorrow. This month the main topic will be Bendy Batteries, describing research into thinner, more flexible battery technology, plus the latest club news. Everyone, REOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to tune in and to join in the callbacks afterwards. The broadcast originates in Melbourne at 10am local time on the VK3REC 2 metre repeater with simultaneous relays on 1843 and 7146 kHz. At 0100 UTC for Eastern States listeners, Hans VK5YX will transmit the program on 20 meters on 14.150 megahertz. At 0200 UTC for West Australian listeners, the program is transmitted simultaneously on 7088 kilohertz 
and via the linked repeater network. At night, the broadcast is repeated at 20.30 hours Melbourne time on 80 metres on 3650 kHz in Tasmania at 19.30 on the VK7RAA and 7RTC networks plus a TV presentation by Tony VK7AX at 20.30 hours Tasmanian time. From Tuesday, you can download the audio file from the club website at www.raotc.org.au where you'll also find full details about the club. So tune in tomorrow for the March RAOTC Bulletin. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Now special interest groups, raw Rotarians of Amateur Radio. If you're looking for an out-of-the-box way to demonstrate radio, listen to this. In VK7 yesterday, there was a drone fest, which was a one-day exhibition highlighting all aspects of drone used, uh, organised by Rotary. Drone Fest includes uh, working drone demonstrations, exhibitions from more than 10 of the state's leading drone-using companies and researchers, a drone dungeon to test pilot skills of the young, as well as an inspiration theatre showcasing the amazing application of drones throughout the world. So, why Drone Fest? Well, the commercial use of drones in Tasmania has generated a rapidly growing multi-level industry to be proud of. In total, there are 160 commercial drone pilots in the state, working on industries ranging from agriculture, civil engineering, surveying, hydropower generation, cinematography, tourism and real estate. Backing them up is the highly regarded uh, Terra Luma Research Group at the University of Tasmania. Additionally, we have two companies designing and manufacturing largely for export overseas large drone engines and specialised parts for very expensive cine cameras. These drones used in the state range from those weighing less than 2 kilos to 8-engine monsters that carry very large cameras with an all-up weight of 40 kilos. It's estimated the industry employs full-time around 70 Tasmanians and is expanding at about 30% per annum. Drones are a perfect perfect example of the real-life application of science, technology, engineering, maths, STEM and radio as the platforms carry multiple radio frequency transmitters and receivers. Very interesting stuff. I'm Brett, VK7FTAS, for the WIA National News. In summits on the air, SOTA, one of the more difficult and therefore challenging actions is to communicate from one summit to another, usually using low power and a simple antenna at both ends. Add to that distance and poor propagation and the challenge is enormous. This will not deter over 30 SOTA activators who are planning to climb again this year to summits in Europe, Canada, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand and Japan on Saturday the 10th of March in time for long path propagation between Europe and Asia Pacific. The Summit to Summit or S2S event will start around 0630 UTC for long path between Europe and Australia over the following 90 minutes or so. Despite predicted poor propagation, there are from time to time openings even at the bottom of the solar cycle. It is the first time that South Africa is joining in, and while contacts from there to Europe are unlikely, contacts over to Australia may take place. The organisers, Mike 2E0YYY, Andrew VK1AD and Ed DD5LP, are hopeful that as well as several S2S contacts within the regions, contacts between regions will be possible. 
The best chance will be stations using CW. However, those using SSB will be trying hard as well. For anyone wanting to join the party, either as an activator on a summit or a chaser home station, discussions can be found on the reflector.sota.org.uk website. These events are organised by individuals within the SOTA community, so it just shows how much fun can be had based simply on an idea, choosing a date and a long walk up a hill on possibly a freezing morning. 73 from Ed, DD5LP. Weird and wonderful. Spies, Morse code and clandestine radio in Hamilton, Scotland. During February, the CQ Scotland group delivered an introduction to basic electronics and amateur radio for children from two Hamilton schools on behalf of the South Lanarkshire Council. In the fourth session, the children all built a Morse code sender and learned a little of the code. Roy Cavanagh, GM4VKI, the Scotland Club rep from the GQRP Club, then shared his extensive knowledge and demonstrated some of his collection of clandestine radio equipment. Later, Tony Miles, RSGB Region 1 manager, revealed both his dad and granddad used similar equipment when operating in the SOE, or Special Operations Executive. Excitement grew when a parent attending announced... I used to be a radio operator in the Soviet Navy and am familiar with the techniques mentioned by Roy. What a day of wonderful memories for the children. I'm John VK4JJW for the WIA National News Service. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.